Welcome to the Tech Policy Podcast. I'm Evan Schwarztrauber, your host. On today's show, student debt. Can technology help solve the problem of ballooning student debt? Joining me to discuss this is Liz Wessel, CEO of Way Up. Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So, Liz, uh, your company, Way Up, uh, the mission is to get every college student their first job. And recently, CNN named your company one of 30 that is changing the world. So congratulations on the accolade. Thank you. And just to clarify, not just your first job, but also your first internship and maybe even your second job and your third job during college and then your first full-time job. All right. So you're, <laughs> you're going to hopefully uh, cradle to grave is the, is the idea, right? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, let's just jump in. Tell us about Way Up and uh, what makes this different than other uh, sites that could help you get a job like Craigslist or Monster or Indeed or any of those sites. Absolutely. So Way Up is the largest online marketplace exclusively for college students to get part-time jobs, summer internships, and full-time jobs after they graduate or when they're graduating, like right now. Um, And the way it works that makes it so special is that when a student signs up, they fill out a full profile. And on average, they um, complete a bunch of just information about themselves that then gets structured into our system, which means that when they start seeing jobs, they only see jobs that they're qualified for based on the structured data that they gave us. So for example, if you say, I speak Spanish, then any job that requires um, this person to speak Spanish, those Spanish-speaking students will be able to see the job, whereas people who say they don't speak Spanish won't be able to see that job. So as a result, students know that every single job they see on our platform, they can actually apply to because they're qualified for it. And on top of that, we use their profile almost like a passport to all of the jobs where they can just use their profile and not have to fill out their kind of same profile over and over and over again. So most of the jobs that are on WayUp are actually WayUp apply jobs, meaning you can use your profile once. So one of the basic benefits is just narrowing the scope of jobs that you're applying for because as I mean, I was searching for a job when I got out of college, I'm sure anyone else who's had to go through that process, a lot of times you just kind of think the more the merrier and I'll just apply to every single thing that I see and if I put out 20 resumes a week, hopefully something will bite. But I guess that doesn't – a lot of times maybe their qualifications are not matching the requirements or the preferences of the employer. So is there a real advantage to applying to fewer jobs but hopefully better quality jobs as opposed to just kind of throwing your resume out to anyone who might want to look at it? So don't get me wrong. I do think it's still important to apply to as many jobs as possible. But you should be applying for jobs that you're actually going to be considered for. So the kind of – uh, premise that we built this company a company off of was the fact that employers were telling us that their applicant tracking system, so the system that was getting applications, um, would like literally throw out so many applications without even any human being ever looking at them because the GPA was too low or because the student didn't speak a sp- specific language or whatever it might be. And meanwhile, the big and and we always put students first to be honest. The big problem that we kept hearing from students was. I feel like I'm applying for 100 jobs and not hearing back from any of them. And so when you apply for a job on WayUp, you actually hear back. One in three students who apply for a job on WayUp actually get hired for a job, and way more than that will even hear back. And so I think the big thing we realized was like it's all a matchmaking game. Kind of we're, we're like a matchmaking site, but instead of for people with people, it's people with jobs. But it's a little bit more sophisticated than Tinder. A little bit more, although Tinder is not so bad. I will say, though, um, just to be clear, like we don't decide the qualifications. The employers do. So it's not like we're deciding who gets qualified for which job. It's employers who say, 
if you apply and you don't have these following like these qualifications, whether it be location or or language abilities or whatever it might be, then we would not consider you for this job anyway. So don't bother applying. So what, uh, that that was that kind of gets to my next question. What sort of relationship do you have with employers that might make your company work better? Is it that they approach you and say, "I want to use your platform"? Um, have you had? Uh, employers just approach you just with a frustration that they can't seem to, they, that they get 500 resumes, but not a single one of them matches the requirements. I mean, how, how did this company really come about and what was kind of the business model that emerged for you? Yeah. So we make money from employers. We never charge students to be clear. So we make money from employers in that employers will come on the site, they'll post a job and they specify their qualifications and targeting. And then we like to call it like AdWords or Facebook ads for jobs. So based on the targeting and the filters that you use, um, you pay per application that you receive. So it doesn't guarantee a hire, although one in every two jobs posted on my app do result in a hire, but it does, um, you know, kind of guarantee that you're only going to get qualified applicants and that you're only going to pay we kind of are saying like, we'll put our money where our mouth is. You're only going to pay when you receive an applicant that matches your qualifications. So that's our monetization strategy. And then in terms of like how employers find out about us, we do have a sales team that cold calls or like emails businesses that they see are hiring um, in other ways that might be a little less efficient and potentially even more costly. Um, But on top of that, we also get a ton of inbound, whether it be through press or whether it be from word of mouth. We see like referrals really spiking up because of how many businesses are having such a great experience and telling their friends, Um, especially HR people like to talk. So, Oh, absolutely. And we often talk on this program about the ways that technology moves as either government fails to move or is slow to move and how there is a marketplace that functions outside of whatever policy is made in Washington. So we've got a problem. It is called student debt. And whether you agree with the fact that college, uh, private college can charge 50000 for a year or not, the fact is that there's over $1.3 trillion in student debt. And this is often described as a bubble that could burst, uh, similar to the housing bubble or the dot-com bubble. Anytime there's just this massive amount of money and kind of an unsustainable model, uh, people start talking about what are going to be the implications if students cannot pay back this debt. So can you talk a little bit about the problem of student debt as you see it and how technology, being your company specifically, can help mitigate this? Yeah. So just to put in perspective, because I think most people, when I talk to them and they hear $1.3 trillion, they don't totally, like, it's hard to grasp what that means. Right. Every, every single second, every single second, there's $3,000 more in student debt in the U.S. Like, that is disgusting. That is horrible. And the whole concept <laughs> of this bubble bursting, like, I, I don't know for sure, but I can't imagine a world where this won't cause a much bigger problem than we even see today. Um, it's, it's terrible. And we talk to students all the time who, by the way, they, they email us. They go out of their way to say, I want you to know that your site changed. And I'm not just trying to put a plug. Like I literally get emails that say, I want you to know your site turned my world around. I was literally about to drop out of school because of student debt. I applied for a few jobs, got hired for three within a week, and now I'm all of a sudden paying my student debt. Um, We had one student, Eric, who at NYU, who was profiled by Business Insider for being able to pay his full $48,000 tuition to NYU his freshman year just through jobs uh, that he was finding, like literally virtual gigs. So I think over Overall, that like student debt is so much more serious than a lot of people even realize, um, and it's 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 terrible. So that's kind of the point on student debt. Obviously, no one likes it. Um, 
And then in terms, I think you were asking about how technology can help. Yes. Yeah. So I think something I'm most excited about are is the concept of virtual jobs. So whether that be the shared economy types of jobs of like Uber drivers or WAG is a company that allows people to kind of uh, rent dogs, if you will, and like walk dogs and for up to $25 and sometimes more per hour. Um, these are not jobs that are going to forward your career necessarily unless you want to be a professional driver for the rest of your life, though probably most students going to college are not looking to do that. But are, it is jo a job that will give you an income that is kind of based on your schedule and it allows you to work around your crazy class schedule. So I think the internet has really been amazing for, and, and just tech in general has been amazing for increasing the number of virtual jobs because a lot of students we talk to might be based in like rural Nebraska or uh, you know a, a city where perhaps there aren't a million offices around that can pay to hire interns and so the concept of being able to be a virtual tutor like that's a hugely popular job on our site a graphic designer another really popular job on our site and you can do it from your dorm room I, th I think that's pretty phenomenal and something you know my parents generation never had the opportunity to have. So that kind of gets to the heart of what makes this a different model than the traditional model of I take on a bunch of debt, I go to school, maybe I work in my school cafeteria, or maybe I do a work study, but because I am a full-time student and I have you know five classes a week, my options are pretty limited. And whereas most people are thinking about the job search that happens after college, you're talking about a very different thing. You're talking about getting jobs while you're in college that might be better for your skill set than just a, a low-skilled job and actually being able to cobble together enough income in while going to school full-time to pay off your debt, that's very different. And how does a site like WayUp facilitate these flexible jobs that maybe other sites don't? Yeah. So when a business posts a job on way up, the beauty of it is that we have students at over 3,400 schools in the country. So the business can literally say post this to every single school in the country. And so students from everywhere will be able to see the job, let alone apply for the job, let alone get hired for the job. And so I think it's really cool. And this is honestly like we're such fans of career service offices at, at many schools. They are like really incredible offices. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're if you go to like online university, your career services can't necessarily help you with um, all sorts of jobs. Or even if you go to a massive school, like there's 10 to 50 career service professionals for 50,000 plus students, like they can't help you get every job. So they're often more focused on the full time jobs after you graduate. As so you really need to figure out on your own as a student, what are you going to do um, to pay off student debt? I will also say, by the way, money aside, let's say you're the richest student. You know, you're you you have a trust fund. You're great. You're good to go. You don't need a dollar. You do need resume experience. Like no matter how you know how many connections you have or how much money you have, it looks terrible if you graduate from college without experience. So we're very big proponents of. That's why I said at the beginning of this interview of this podcast, um, you know, we're not just going to help you get your first job because it's no longer that your first job is the first full-time job after graduation. We should be getting you your first part-time job during freshman year and then another one sophomore year. And because people have crazy class schedules, I totally get that. Some people want to graduate early, et cetera. A lot of these jobs, as I mentioned, are super flexible and allow you to be, you know, uh, accommodate your class schedule. 
and you're a tech company because you're online and uh, a lot of the jobs that the students who use way up will get are also tech enabled jobs or tech related jobs and something we've talked we talked about the sharing economy on the show before and we talked about some of the labor problems and regulatory problems that arise when you talk about the sharing economy because a student who is doing five classes a week, who needs to be able to choose when he works, he's probably going to be designated as a 1099 independent contractor for the purposes of using way up where you are the intermediary that helped him find the job. Um, are there, have you gotten any flack uh, from people who say that the students should be classified as full-time or getting benefits or... Are there any, being a tech company and being subject to some regulation, are there any policy implications for your business, for your, for your business model? Are you following any of the regulatory battles going on in Washington? What does this mean for tech policy? Totally. Um, it's a great question. To be totally, completely honest, we've surveyed so many students saying, do you care about the 1099 versus full-time employee issue, et cetera? And most of them say, I have so many jobs that each of them are so few hours that like 1099 is just what makes sense for me. It doesn't complicate things. A lot of schools and universities, even families, you can be part of theirs. The list goes on. So a lot of students actually don't mind the fact that they're 1099s. We've surveyed like many, many, many students, and it almost is never an issue. So um, I think it's much more of an issue when this is your full-time job in your eyes that this is your full-time job, this is what you do for a living. And most of these students that I'm talking about are um, – at least for full-time students. And by the way, we focus more on full-time students. There's more full-time students in the U.S. There's about 14 million full-time students in the U.S. and 8 million part-time students in the U.S. So I'm talking more about the full-time students here. They, they don't mind the 1099. And as uh, technology changes, so will the market for higher education. And uh, something that I've noticed is that people are starting to realize that spending $200,000 on a four-year education to get a liberal arts degree, the return on investment might not be there. And sites like WayUp can help uh, realize that investment and mitigate the debt. But there's just going to be a lot of folks who start thinking four-year college, uh, not for me. There's got to be something else out there. And uh, online classes are on the rise and uh you know universities like MIT are just putting up free classes and free information online so as the landscape for higher education changes and maybe if we move away from the four-year institution and towards other more tech related and innovative business models how do you see way up changing to meet that or do you do you see your company having to to change, to be dynamic, to, to meet the market, uh, the market changes. Yeah. And by the way, like it's hard to not understand why someone would say, I don't know if college actually makes sense for me, given that I'm going to have to spend, if I'm making minimum wage, um, an average of 7,000 hours on minimum wage just to pay off my student debt. That's insane. So I understand that. What I will say is, College is more than just, um, you know, a way to make a bigger salary. Uh, it's an op- a learning opportunity. If you don't go to online university, then you're going to be part of a community that's going to help you with your social skills, et cetera. Um, so we're huge proponents of going to school if you're able to and if, if your situation enables you to. Um, I also, though, all the time see, I mean, the average age of students is no longer 18 on their first year of college. It's just not realistic. So many people are actually taking off time. Maybe they then do an associate's degree and they just need to find the way to pay for their education. They don't want to graduate with a huge amount of debt. And that's why all these candidates, especially the Democratic candidates, have this as such a big part of their platform. How do we deal with debt? 
Hillary says completely eradicate student debt. Bernie says make college free in the first place. So at the end of the day, I would just say, um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Basically, I, I was interested to kind of get your thoughts, and even if this is not specific to your company, on what the candidates have said about student debt, if you have personal feelings about what our government should or shouldn't be doing, and how those efforts might impact your own efforts at your company to mitigate the problem of student debt. Yeah, I will say, I think that at the end of the day, every every single day I hear more and more from HR um, directors and recruiters that the resume experience matters even more today than it did yesterday and even more tomorrow than it did today. So I think no matter what, our business is here to stay, even if college becomes free and students no longer have any debt issues because they need the resume experience. Just to put it in perspective, I had a virtual job during college at marketing for Anheuser-Busch, um, which sounds weird, but it was actually not like just marketing their beer. And uh, it was the <laughs> first marketing experience I ever had. And as a result, I ended up actually going into product marketing full-time at Google after graduation. So um, I will say like, you know, no matter what happens with debt, I think students are going to continue to need jobs and internships, um, or at least they should try to get them. But in terms of policy, um, our company doesn't have a stance. If you want my personal opinion on it, I think that, so I am a Democrat. So um, for me, I'm like really thinking a lot about the Clinton versus Sanders policies. I think that Sanders policy, if I remember, Bernie's policy, if I remember correctly, is going to add about, and I'm talking just tuition, is going to add about 700 billion dollars in tax implications versus um, Hillary's, which I think is 350. Um, and that's because Bernie is basically saying, just make all free, like free tuition for all public colleges and universities, which by the way, let's say Donald Trump's kids go to a public college, they get free tuition. I don't know that that's necessarily <laughs> super fair. That being said, I think Hillary's uh, kind of policy is a little bit more reasonable and realistic. Um, and that's debt free tuition at all four year public colleges and universities. So um, yeah. So uh, maybe we'll get a, uh, a Republican to come on the show and talk about his thoughts on student debt, and uh, we could get a little bit of a back-and-forth dialogue going. But, uh, th- but that's it for today's show. My guest has been Liz Wessel, CEO of WayUp, and you can uh, Google WayUp and uh, get started if you're a student listener and you're uh, hoping to get a good job and want to make the most of your resume and your degree, then certainly check out WayUp. It might be right for you. And Liz, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Follow us on Twitter at Tech Freedom or on Facebook.com slash Tech Freedom. Find this podcast in the iTunes store or on your favorite podcast app. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It will help us and will help others find the show. Thank you for listening. The Tech Policy Podcast is produced and distributed by Tech Freedom, a nonpartisan nonprofit think tank in Washington, D.C. To learn more about our work, make a tax-deductible donation, or find other episodes, find us online at techfreedom.org.